This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. I encourage you to embrace your life with enthusiasm and not to worry so much. All is well. Valeria Tejas interviews Linda Schmidt, the author of The Healing. Linda believes that loving and creating are her life purpose, whether that manifests in building meaningful relationships, writing, or simply preparing gorgeous food. She loves to be fully engaged in the process. Linda considers solid routines balanced by open spaces that allow for opportunities to be the foundation for her success and happiness. Since she began scribbling poetry in the back of elementary school exercise books, Linda has been honing her craft. She has a massive collection of journals, her foundational reflective and creative tools. Over the years, Linda has written drafts of novels, received a pile of rejection letters, and had one disastrous quasi-publication experience with a shyster, but she's never let go of her dream. In 2012, she scratched out the first five pages of The Healing, then promptly forgot them amongst the distractions of health challenges and her move to the Middle East. While living in Riyadh, Linda created her blog, Musings of an Emotional Creature, She has posted more than 50 blogs on topics that inspire her on themes of travel, life of an expat, and current events. She also was a contributor for DQ Living Magazine. Meet Linda at lindafayschmidt.com. Here is the interview with Linda Schmidt. In your own words, who is Linda Schmidt? I would describe myself as someone who feels and thinks very deeply. I've often referred to myself as an emotional creature, and that's actually the title of my blog, Musings of an Emotional Creature. And like we said earlier, I don't really like to talk about fluff, the weather, (laughs) politics. I like to talk about the deep things. Um, And actually, that's one of the things, Valeria, that attracted me to your podcast was that you ask the big life questions. I would say also to describe me, I'm a very open person. I'm honest. I'm incredibly optimistic. And I have a joyful personality. Mm -hmm, I was just born that way. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say that I use the talents and gifts that I was given Uh, in my different roles. So I see the things that I do more as roles, um, not really who I am, but things that I do. And so I'm an author. 
I'm a blogger. Uh, I was a teacher for over 25 years. Um, I'm a daughter, a mother, a sister, and a friend. And probably most importantly, I'm a life partner mm-hmm. with my husband and my best friend. So my first official question to you is healing. What is healing to you? And what is the connection between healing and emotions? Huh, let me think about that. Well, the healing is the title of my book. So obviously I spent a lot of time considering that. I think that healing is a transformational process. And I think it involves unraveling whatever trauma, hurt, or pain you've experienced in your life. And I believe there are many different tools that you can access to achieve that and create your healing journey. Uh, It's different for all of us. But for me, personally, I have four really solid tools, and they are writing in my journal, that process of getting my feelings down. Uh, Practicing yoga is where I get still and listen to my spirit. Being out in nature Mm -hmm. is really... um, fulfilling for me and connecting deeply with people in conversation mm-hmm. and by people though I'm saying I discern that to people that I love and trust not I wouldn't have a deep connection with someone that I didn't know very well usually so I think that for me listening to other people's stories about how they've found healing is helpful for me to consider and experiment with But at the end of the day, I have to find my own path and I have to do my own work. And I think each of us, that is our job while we're here to find our own path to healing because all of us have experienced pain in some form or another. And I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? How it related to emotions, healing and emotions, emotion. Uh, So, yeah, I was saying that I'm a very emotional person and I think that when you have emotional pain, it can get buried inside of you, in fact, trapped in the cells of your physical body. And so it's not something that you maybe, though, have been given the skills or that we really teach that emotional intelligence and how to be emotionally well. And so I think a lot of people are stuck with all of that pain inside of them and they don't know even how to identify it or resolve it. And with that in mind, since we are talking about emotions and healing, what are some of the ways to identify emotional trapping per se, or trapped emotions as some people call it? Well, in my own experience, um, I've had a variety of different ways of feeling it. It has shown up as a physical disease in my life. I have type 1 diabetes. And when that disease manifested, I was dealing with really deep emotional trauma in my life, but I wasn't dealing with it. (laughs) It was happening to me. I was being a victim. I wasn't living authentically. And I was choosing a life for me that wasn't nourishing because I didn't think I deserved anything more on a very deep level. And um, more recently in my life, I've also had awareness that when I don't deal with my emotions, it can make my blood sugar go up or down. It can give me a pain in my stomach Mm. that I can barely stand up. I often do feel it in in my physical self. 
But sometimes I think my emotions also can speak to me on a more spiritual level when I'm silent and quiet and I just open myself up to listen to my intuition. And then I might get a message of you're not on the right path with this thing that you're doing or you've fallen away from being authentic, whatever it is. And I would say those are the two most prominent ways that I feel trapped emotion. So I'm wondering if these being authentic and in living a balanced life, is that as some kind of a destination or it's a movement, a dance per se, is always falling out of balance to go back to balance or being... Yeah, I in, definitely think yeah. it's a process and you don't just figure it out. Even if you're, you know, the Dalai Lama, yeah, <laughs> you right. still have your, your life going in, <laughs> in the cycles that life takes you. But I think you're born as your authentic self. Mm, And then I think different influences, starting with your parents, they can have ideas of where they want you to go. And they aren't necessarily um, coming from a bad place on those people's parts, but they don't necessarily um, honor who you are. And a lot of times, especially if if you're not, if your authentic self doesn't necessarily maybe fit in with a society's I think, fairly narrow idea right. of how we ought to be, you can feel not accepted. You can feel that you aren't good enough as you are. And then you push away from your authentic self and you try to be someone you're not. And that doesn't usually work out for most people. I think it creates feelings of depression and anxiety and um, hopelessness when you are living a life that isn't yours and when you aren't loving yourself because We're all lovable, even when we've done some things that maybe aren't very lovable. The core of us, our authentic self, is. Would you say it takes healing, Linda, to uncover that pure being that we are, or more than that? I think healing is an essential part of that um, if there is significant hurts that are keeping you from being yourself. Right. uh, Or that you haven't resolved. But I think it's much more complex than that. I think that finding your way to your authentic self is a journey that involves really being open and vulnerable to different experiences, to trying different things. Mm, I think it involves sharing your heart with other people openly and, um, you know, taking on that adventure, stepping out of your comfort zone. In fact, I think I use the word hurling yourself Mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone into trust, Mm -hmm. into knowing that there is a path and looking for it, but not clinging or searching in a desperate way, just softly. Where, who am I? What, What is my next step? What is right for me? And you can read and learn from other people as part of your journey as well. True. Wow. Or listen to a podcast. Or, <laughs> you know, what, just be open to the things that come into your life. There's probably a lesson there. I love your wisdom. That is um, something that I believe in with all my heart. Yet this idea of being open to life or giving ourselves to life and not being afraid. So in a way, it's uh, losing fear or detaching from fear in a way or learning more about what fear really is or it's not. I agree with you a hundred percent, Valeria. I think fear is the most destructive thing that we feel. And I think it's core to 
the problems in ourselves and in the world. And I think some people know that and use that fear to push you to do things that aren't in your best interest from that place of fear. And honestly, in my experience, it never works out well if you operate from fear. Um, do you think that the idea of becoming fearless, it's real? Is that possible to operate from that space, Linda? I don't know if it's possible. I mean, I suppose all things are possible yeah, I love in that. the realm of existence. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I can't say I've arrived there or even close. I have fears, but I think that I can challenge them. And I think that some fears are probably helpful, you know, because there's that whole fear instinct of your flight or fight or freeze. And, um, you know, if there's a predator or a dangerous situation, having your fear awakened is, is helpful and life-saving maybe. So I don't think, but sometimes we get so caught up in fears that aren't that, they aren't life-threatening, they aren't even maybe real, they're ideas, they're constructs. And that's when you need to challenge yourself to go into that and examine it and be like, what's really going on here? Yeah, question. Yes, I agree. 2020 has been an interesting time, a challenging time for many of <laughs> us and James. So I have two questions for you. What insights have you gained from 2020 and how have you changed? Well, uh, do you know what? 2020, I'm always um, somewhat reluctant to answer this because <laughs> yeah. I don't to in any way be disrespectful to how much destruction 2020 has uh, created throughout the world. Mm. But for me, in the life that I'm living and where I'm at, 2020 was challenging and difficult, but it wasn't nearly as challenging as many other years I've had. Right. And it also had so many gifts for me. Mm. There was something about being stuck in, in I using the word stuck because that's how I felt originally and not being able to travel and not being able to see my family. And all of those things had me really needing to go deep, to stay committed to that person I'm committed to being who is joyful and optimistic and loving and who walks life with a light step and brings, brings that to wherever I go. And I was just feeling heavy and sticky and mucky and just, uh, you know, resisting. Yeah, yeah. And so I went in and really my book really came to fruition through that isolation and my inward self. I am the most steady, solid, grounded person I have been in my life mm. since 2020 challenged me to find her. My spiritual relationship with, I call God, and people have different names for God, but I, I like God. Um, that has deepened. My yoga practice is stronger. I just, I feel like it, it gave me an opportunity and I was able to rise to it. And it, whenever you do that in life, it's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding. Yeah. Um, so, really. you know, I miss those things, but yeah. So let's talk for a moment about love. What is your understanding and idea of love as of today? 
Well, I think love is one of the most elusive experiences mm-hmm. to define. Right. Right. Uh, we've all been searching for that since mm-hmm. we were created, human beings. Um, and I think that's because it is something that you were just describing about feeling the feminine. Yeah. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. feelings are tricky to relate to one another because we use different words to describe them. And sometimes the words, even when you're an author, they just fall flat to really convey. And so I think that for me, though, love has a lot of different expressions. I feel love, you know, in a romantic way. I feel it in a sexual sort of pleasing way. I feel it in a nurturing mother way, a protective way of myself, of other people. And I also think that in all of those situations, love is shaped by our relationships. I would say for me, love is the most powerful thing that I have experienced. It has, it's what inspires me. It's what makes life worth all of the hardship. It's, and it's what's transformed me The love I share with my partner is so Mm -hmm. limitless and so huge that it just fills me and it it drives me to be a better person. And I also believe that true love never asks you to be someone that you aren't, but accepts you exactly as you are in in every moment, even your worst moments. And with that in mind, that makes me think about self-love, this idea of accepting ourselves fully and embracing who we are. How do you define self-love? Well, self-love is just the same as love, only directed towards yourself. And I think, unfortunately, we're often afraid to fully love ourselves because it can be labeled as being selfish or uncaring to other people, and especially as women. But I actually think that you love one other people more fully, the more you love yourself. And I didn't really learn to love myself fully until I was quite old. But I think that I did as a young person from the stories from my mom (laughs) and father um, when he was still alive, that I was a joyful, loving child. And I did love myself. I had a confidence. But somehow that got eroded a bit um, over life's experiences. And I allowed certain people to tell me that, that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't lovable. And I had to rebuild that. So I do think that self-love is really foundational. And yet with everything in life, you can achieve things even if you don't have maybe all the ingredients that you would like. So I'm not saying that if you don't have it, it's impossible to love other people. But I do think if you have self-love, you can love others in a much more healthy and nourishing way for you and for them in a giving and receiving interaction. And there's another question that I often ask, not to everyone, but some people will ask you, if you see a difference between self-love and self-care. I think they're different, but they go hand in hand. Right. They're part of that same um, perspective, I guess, yeah. around how you be in this world. Um, I think one kind of takes on the other. And when the more you love yourself, the more you're willing to care for yourself. And the more you care for yourself, that yeah. feels you receive that as love. And so they really work together and both are really important. I think that when you don't care for yourself or love yourself, 
it really is a pain that you feel deep inside you. Your soul feels crushed when you take the gift of your life and say that it's not special. And I, I think it's devastating. So I feel that um, in order to love yourself, you need to take care of yourself. You need to find the space for what you need. We're all different. Right. And what I need and what you need aren't the same. But it's, you can fall into, and I did <laughs> for, <laughs> for the child raising years, uh-huh. I fell into a slight martyrdom yeah. of always putting everyone before me. You know, with my hindsight now, the 2020 mm-hmm. hindsight, it's like, wow, that was crazy. I wasn't really then fully able to even do that because I was always falling apart right. because I wasn't loving myself. Right. You know, so yeah. I think they really are important to practice both of those. Yeah, the combination, right. In harmony. Yeah. yeah, going mm-hmm. back to the balance, harmony, right, Linda? I do have another question about that relates to relationships and loving relationships, but quite the opposite in this case. Would you say that it's coming from a place of a lack of self-love when women or men uh, stay in abusive relationships? Well, I'm not an expert <laughs> on this by any means, but from my experience and from the people that I've spoken with, I would say... Yes, I would say that typically there has been some kind of an experience in your life that has allowed you to create a story that you don't deserve better, that you aren't good enough, that you aren't worthy, that you would accept that. And I can speak from that because I was in an unhealthy relationship for 26 years. And it's surprising to a lot of people because I grew up so loved by two really beautiful, loving parents who wanted me and cherished me and treasured me. But I had a negative, abusive situation when I was only four years old, a sexual abuse. And I think that planted something, it broke something that was that was perfect. And I was too young to have that skill. Right. I was too afraid to talk about it. I felt shame. And so I carried that. And then I built on that story. And um, I didn't see it. I didn't have the awareness of that. That's why I attracted that person into my life. But I think that I needed to in order to get to where I am now. And so I don't have any regrets. I don't hold any anger within me because I, I trust life so much. And I know that that was the lesson I needed to learn for some reason. My soul needed me to learn it and thank goodness I did <laughs> yes I was it was long yeah uh, yeah I got there you know yeah sometimes it takes a long time I agree and can relate to it too I love the way you say that I trust life that's a powerful statement very powerful that you mentioned earlier I never heard it that way so it's not just about healing but about being open and trusting life itself it really helps with that fear story when you trust life you don't need to be afraid you can say Mm. all is well even death you don't need to be afraid of because if it is your time and that's not easy to do when I know it won't be when I'm there but you know I have had lots of struggle and difficulty and with wellness in in emotional spiritual and physical ways and I see that how they've helped me to grow. And so I'm not afraid of them anymore. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. I'm opportunities to grow as a person yeah. instead of pushing them away. 
I love your wisdom, Linda. Thank you for sharing that or for being that. That's the embodiment of that truth. Uh, we need to see that more in the world so we can become more inspired and empowered by these messages. I'm thrilled to share. And I feel so blessed that I've been given this wisdom through the journey of my life. And I don't think yeah. you have as much wisdom if you didn't have many challenges along the way. Yeah. So it's this beautiful silver lining in it. Yeah, I'm wondering if we can somehow get to them, to this kind of profound wisdom without the suffering. Have you experienced some profound wisdom without suffering? Well, I think you can also get it from the opposite, from deep love. Mm, I think that can bring you yeah. wisdom as well. So I think in the polars, you get in the extremes, mm. they're maybe more powerful. But then also in all the soft sp spaces in between, they may not be as dramatic or as life-changing. I'm like, wow, aha, I learned that. But they're still contributing. They're still shaping you. And um, I think they're all important. They all combine into this cohesiveness that's coming together to form your, your roadmap of your wisdom of your life. And, you know, it's different for all of us. And what I'm figuring out might not be at all relative to a man in his 20s in India, perhaps, you know, living it, uh, on a farm, you know. But that's okay because there are other people like him that he can <laughs> True. find his wisdom, right? There's something for all of us. There's a path for all of us. I love the way you include everything. Yeah, no exclusions. The life is just giving us opportunities all the time to learn, to go back, return to love, basically, the way I see it, unconditional love. So you wrote the book, The Healing, that will be released this April, April 23rd, more precisely. Mm -hmm. Two initial questions, Linda. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book? Well, I think I was born a writer, to be honest. Um, I have been in love with writing, with words, with reading, with stories, as long as I can remember. But I wasn't an author. I started my family very young. <laughs> we won't mention how young. And I was drawn to the teaching profession as part of that. Uh, it worked with that life where my family was first and also just being involved with children. It just felt like a nice blow. During that time, I still did writing. I took creative writing classes. I've always been just a voracious reader of books of all different kinds and different genres. And then I would say that my life started shifting into more, I would say this author is more my authentic self. And she didn't come about until later because I didn't embark on that self-love, self-discovery journey until later. And once I got going on there, my life started to flow more in ways that reflected who I am. And it was really in my late 40s when I started to have the freedom and confidence to really get into it in a more committed way. And I started writing a blog. I wrote for a magazine, some articles here in Saudi Arabia where I live. And uh, when I started writing The Healing, I became an author somewhere in that process. Mm -hmm, yeah. it, it didn't just happen. You know, I stopped and started. and But somewhere along the way, I became, and I felt the difference. Of like, oh, I am an author. Because right. yes. <laughs> now I write every day. You know, it's, yeah. it's who I am. It's become my practice and my 
part of my um, sense of who I am. There's something about writing to me. It's so elevated and it's spiritual. It's so spiritual. So talk to me for a moment about that second question about the inspiration and also the intention of writing your book. And you can also talk to me about the process of writing it. Yeah, so it started off as an idea that I felt inspired by my real life experiences and my own uh, transformation. And I wanted to share that, but I didn't want to be pinned in by writing like a memoir or a nonfiction. I wanted it to be imaginative. I wanted to have characters who weren't in my life and those who were in my life, I wanted to be able to make them different. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, I wanted to be the, the captain of my ship, so to speak. And yeah. so I decided to write it as a nonfiction, but there are a lot of truths that Uh, exist in in the real world. And I think that fiction has a real possibility there because it's maybe safer in some ways. It's this old storytelling tradition where you tell it um, not as I did this and then Joe did that, but as more that story feeling of like a fable or um, do you know what I mean? How the elders used to speak. Yes. Uh, in the yeah. Aboriginal communities, Absolutely. they pass stories on uh, orally. So I, that's what I started off doing. It transformed so many ways from beginning to end. Like it really was years in the writing. And I changed tense and I changed, uh, you know, what point of view and eliminated scenes and developed new conflicts. And it just was so fun to do. I just loved the experience so much. And I know that I just have like the next five books in mind. Like it's just, I loved it so much. And it's really got me excited to be living and then to be able to write. But I also think that that loving and accepting myself helped me to write the healing from that authentic place. And when you described uh, just a few minutes ago about writing being spiritual, yeah. it felt like the divine was speaking through me sometimes I went to my keyboard and it just was like magic. It just flowed. I could hardly keep up with the ideas as they were formulating in my mind. And it was really beautiful to be creating something that felt in alignment with my purpose, that something positive to send out in the world, especially in a very negative time of 2020. And I thought, Oh, what perfect synchronicity to have this coming out at this time. In your bio, you also say, I believe that loving and creating are my life purpose. It sounds very simple, but it's so profound and deep. The idea that to know that, to be aware that life is about love and creativity and to be able to embody that, uh, to commit to that. So thank you again, Linda for being the inspiration to all of us. <laughs> My pleasure. And I love your personality. I mean, the sense that you're, the expression of life in you, it's very joyful, very light, playful. It's beautiful. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Before that, I would like to mention that in your book, I love the letter that you write to yourself, Dear Present Day, Kate, I'm sorry, not to yourself, but that character, Kate. In the end of that letter, you say, I encourage you to embrace your life with enthusiasm and not to worry so much. All is well. 
love your future self. <laughs> that just put a smile on my face <laughs> when I I read that letter and especially the end because it's um, yeah this is it. If we can remember that at all times, keep this in mind that all is well, then it will be. Oh, that is one of my favorite mantras, all is well. And you know, I wrote that uh, for real. Um, in 2011, I did the Julie Cameron's Artist Way. Yeah. And it's about yeah. discovering your creativity. And yeah. that was one of the assignments to write a letter to your present day self from your earlier self and then one from your future self. And that wasn't the letter because, as I said, I, I wrote a creative uh, fiction, but it was inspired from that. And I felt so light. I gave to myself in the moment of that exercise, it was like I was her and it was like I remembered her and I remembered how happy I was when I was eight years old. <laughs> to me, it's almost like yeah, the, those memories, they are the only thing real, really, uh, that pure, that divine purity, let's say, or that uh, the sense of knowing who we are 100%, no doubts at all. There's so much beauty in that. Mm -hmm. You can pile so many stories on. And I think it was especially impacting to think that was after that trauma. And I was still so joyful. And I realized how much we can overcome anything and still be beautiful, light, loving, joyful people. So I have these um, ending questions. But before I ask them, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, well, I don't think I will read a passage in my book. I think I will leave that mostly because it hasn't launched yet. And I don't have like a hard copy in front of me. But I think I could say a, one line from my book that I really love was that the healing isn't a place you arrive at, at but a place you discover deep inside. Mm, I love that. I feel like that's one of the core messages of the book. If a listener can resonate with that and that can intrigue them to find out more, whether it's through reading my book or other inspirational stories that they are attracted to, um, just knowing that you have to go inward. This is the journey inside you. Yeah. A billion times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> um, two more questions for you. What is another word for healing? Another word for healing, yes. I think, could be transformation because you're taking something hurt and making it uh, happy. You're taking something torn and making it whole. True. And so you're maybe taking a story and making a new story. So I, I do think transformation and healing uh, are good synonyms for one another. My last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? I've always been reluctant to really say I know anything for sure because as soon as I say it, it usually gets <laughs> blown out from under my feet. But I do think, I always think of Oprah's book, What I Know For Sure. And I read that book and I was like, mm, are you sure? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> because True. life is so dynamic it and is. always changing and what you True. think you know. But mm. I would say one thing I know for sure is that life is a blessing and it's, it's worth every challenge and hardship. And anyone who's ever felt like it wasn't, I would hope that they could hold on and know that there is beauty around the corner, that that's the nature. 
it ebbs and it flows. And also what we were talking about earlier about love, I would say I know that love is powerful and limitless and it is the most life-changing experience of all. And that should be your goal. Find love, express love, feel love, give love, receive love, just love. (laughs) Yes. Want to be happy? Go for it. I also know for sure that I have a purpose and that purpose can change, but I have one and I know that I matter and I know that I'm good enough as I am, that I was created from a purposeful design. Thank you so much, Linda, for your profound wisdom, the way you express the wisdom, the way you allow the wisdom to flow through you in this beautiful way that you express yourself. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the work that you do, the way you do it. Thank you so much again. Well, thank you, Valeria. It was absolutely an honor and a pleasure. I'm thrilled that you reached out and gave me this opportunity. And uh, I can say very likewise that your energy right from the first communication you sent to me in print really felt warm. It felt authentic and true. And I was I had no hesitation that I was interested in having a conversation, a healing conversation with you. Yeah, that's interesting how that energy flows. Yeah, thank you, Linda, because I felt the same way, same way. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, I don't have a great big following at this point, (laughs) or a lot of connections and networks, but hopefully that will come just because I want to spread these messages into the world and it's what I enjoy doing. But uh, I do have a website. I'm very proud of my new website that I worked with a designer to create and it's simple. It's www.lindafayschmidt.com. And on there, you can find out how to order my book. You can find out when new books come along and events, as well as I have about 10 or 12 blogs posted on there as well. Thank you so much again, Linda, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Linda Schmidt and her work, please visit lindafayschmidt.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.